All right, let's turn the Word of God to Jude. Jude. And we'll read verses 14 through 19 of Jude. Jude verses 14 through 19. Say this in the Word of God. Jude, beginning in verse 14, says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam. Now think about that. Uh, he wasn't that far down from the beginning. Prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Now we know he could, we sing that song, he could have called 10,000 angels, right? At Calvary, and that's, an, that's a good song. But here it says he's coming with 10,000, right? Even more than that, of his saints. Well, even then, talking about the return of Christ. Isn't that an amazing thing? And uh, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. <laughs> Boy, he's laying it out, isn't he? These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouths speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admir ad admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. So let us pray again, please. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm glad, Lord, that you're, you're with us every day, every moment of the day. Lord, thank you for your kind, Lord, heart, your tender heart, your caring heart, Lord. And I'm glad, dear God, that uh, you're with us to undergird us. Lord, we think about uh, Don right now. We think about the Thomases and uh, others, dear God, that, Lord, right now, in the midst of all this, you're there to strengthen and encourage and guide, uh, dear God, that, Lord, I'm glad that we can cast all of our cares upon you, uh, dear Lord, and you want to bear them for you said your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And Lord, thank you, Lord, for that. And Lord, I pray you'd bless each one tonight. Lord, you know the need of every heart. You've heard the prayer request. Lord, you've even heard the unspoken prayer request. Uh, dear God, and Lord, uh, you care about those things. And Lord, thank you for hearing those prayers, hearing the cries. And Lord, thank you for the prayers that you've answered. Thank you, Lord, that uh, people can give testimony. They, they, they feel the prayers of their brothers and sisters in the Lord at work in their lives. And Lord, that's the way it should be in the family of God. That's the way it should be as a local church family, uh, weeping with those that weep and, uh, and rejoicing with those. Uh, dear God, that rejoice, Lord, just sharing one another's uh, lives together, whatever may be going on. And Lord, uh, knowing you're there and knowing we can be there uh, as much as possible in a human sense. And Lord, we thank you for that. Again, bless our missionaries and what's going on in their lives. Give us wisdom about taking on other missionaries. And Lord, again, we just praise you. Now, God, again, encourage us through thy word in Jesus' name. Amen. And, uh, 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 notice the words of uh, verse 19, how it ends, having not the Spirit, having not the Spirit. So uh, we're going to look at this a little bit tonight. And of course, it talks about all these uh, 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 people and how wicked they are and all these things. And, uh, uh, it's, and, it, and it tells us why they're that way. And so uh, in these verses, we see the importance uh, of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the importance of the Holy Spirit working in the world. 
The importance of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Now, First uh, John 4, 1 says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but notice this statement, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So the Bible shows us there's a lot of different types of spirits in the world, amen. But, amen, there's only one Holy Spirit, right? There's only one uh, uh, that comes uh, from God. So it's uh, important to, to try the spirits. And that's what, you know, I tell people, everything has a spirit. I believe everything has uh, a, a spirit. So, you know, it matters where things come from. You know, even a, a lot of these, so God, I'm going to get sidetracked here, but, you know, gospel songs out there. You know, uh, they'll go to these places that, you know, uh, one minute a rock band comes through and the next minute a gospel comes through. Hey, listen, I think it matters where you do those things sometimes because everything uh, to me has a, has a, has a spirit on it. It, it. it matters what type of a spirit things are done in, right? And so those things are important. And so it's important. That word try means to prove it, uh, uh, dis have discernment about it, uh, may, uh, distinguish it. Uh, make sure that it's worth approving. It's worth being part of. And so that's why, you know, it matters not just what the words in a song, but the music in a song. And, and, uh, and, it, and it matters the lives of the people singing it, too. And uh, all those things, not to get off on, on music, but that makes me think about it. But that's, that's why all these things are important. You know, uh, I should be picky about uh, uh, those things, those things. Right. So, you know, of course, we know at the moment of salvation, thank God, we get the Holy Spirit of God and it comes to indwell us. And so, of course, uh, when God looks at the hearts of these, he realizes they don't have the Holy uh, uh, Spirit. And it talks about these people that don't have the Spirit. Notice what it says in verse uh, 15. It talks about God, the Lord coming to execute uh, judgment and it says, upon what? All and to convince all that are ungodly. Hey, we talked to him today and hey, you said, hey, you said, well, you don't convince me. Sorry, you, you know, you can tell me all you want about the Bible and I'm just not convinced. Well, you know what? One day they're going to be convinced. <laughs> hey, listen, you better say, listen, friend, you can either listen to me and hopefully get convinced while you still have a chance because one day the Lord himself is going to come and he's going to convince you, but then it'll be too late. You know how often I think about that, uh, uh, you've heard me talk about that fort I went to in Ghana where they used to uh, ship the slaves out of. You know, and the last thing they would see was that big old door that said the, uh, the door of no return. Boy, imagine that. But then when, when they outlawed slavery and, and they, the people started coming back to Africa, on the other side of the door, it said the door of return. Hey, right now, the Lord, he's the door, and he's the door of return. Thank God. But, you know, one day he's going to be the door of no return. It's going to be too late. Even that door is going to be closed. And so, but, but, so, uh, but he is going to convince. I guarantee you, listen, when people, when people, you know, people say, oh, why, if he's a loving God, uh, 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 you know, why would he cast people into hell and all those things? No, no, no. People send themselves to hell. People send themselves now. And listen, before they're cast in, they're going to stand before God and they will be, they will be convinced. They will be convinced of the truth of who Jesus Christ is and the truth that, hey, they've rejected the only hope uh, that they had. So it says to execute judgment on all and to convince all. Look how many times he says ungodly. Boy, he just lays it out. All that are ungodly among them, of all their ungodly deeds, which they have 
ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Boy, that really goes against what they say. You can't preach like that anymore. You can't. Hey, listen, it's the word of God. He says it, man. Hey, listen, uh, uh, listen, just preach the word. And it says, hey, those things are ungodly. And notice what it says. It, t- it talks about their deeds and their speeches. And what does it say? Notice what it says. It talks about their ungodly deeds, which they have committed. They're guilty. They've committed those things. And look at this. And their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken. Notice how it is. Against him. All their deeds. They need to realize that. All their deeds and all their speeches were against the Lord Jesus Christ. All sin is against Jesus Christ. Every wicked thing they've ever said was against our holy, beloved Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Every deed they committed, doesn't matter who they humanly did it to, was against the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, that's who they're going to face one day. They're going to face, when he comes back with the saints, those ungodly sinners that committed those ungodly deeds and those ungodly speeches against him. Well, one day they're going to come face to face with him. And the reality of the consequences of that, look what it calls them, murmurers, complainers. Well, who, who murmurs and complains? People that don't have a right spirit. Right? Hey, what do you see? Israel, they were always complaining. When? When they got in a bad spirit, when they got in a bad attitude. People that don't have a right spirit, they murmur, they complain. It says there's murmurs. Those are grumblers. Murmur means to grumble, to complain, to utter complaints in a low, half-articulated voice. You know, I'm sure they didn't say it out loud. Boy, that Moses, he, you know, they, they, they kept it down, but God heard it. God heard Complainers discontented, a complaining person, one who easily finds fault. Boy, once, once somebody decides that they're, they're, they're against the things of God or they're, they're against the man of God or they're against you, boy, everything you do, boy, I mean, just like, like dominoes, right? Just one right after the other. You can't, you can't do nothing right. And boy, they, that's the way they speak about their, the Lord. And those who had these murmurers, complainers, walking what? After their own lust. Why? Why are they murmuring complaining? Because they don't want anybody to tell them what to do. Don't tell me how to run my life. Hey, it's my life. It's my body. That's right. And it's your decision. And one day you're going to reap the results of your decisions, what you did with your body, what you did with your life, their own lust. Of course, lust is a natural thing of the heart. In man, when man in his natural state, all he does to know is lust for the carnal things. And you know what? The Lord is never pleased with complainers, whether it's a lost man complaining complaining, or a saved person that gets a bad spirit or, or gets a, out of whack, if you will, a, a complainer. God doesn't like complainers. That is, and uh, of course, that's all you hear on the news today. All these people all across America, what are they doing? Complaining, complaining, complaining. Numbers 11.1 1 says this, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. The Lord doesn't like complaining. Deuteronomy 28, 47 says, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness, 
with gladness of heart and for the abundance of all things. That's how the Lord wants you to. He gets on to them because they didn't serve him that way. So you know what that means? He wants you to serve that way. He wants you to serve him not with grumbling and complaining, but with joyfulness, with gladness of heart. Amen. And uh, uh, with, uh, with abundance of blessing. That's how he wants you to serve him. And what does it go on to say about these ungodly uh, people? It says, speaketh great swelling words, great swelling words. Boy, they trying to impress people. You know, uh, Paul said, I came not to you with enticing words of man wisdom. Amen. Right. But he came to him with a humble spirit. You know, when I read that, that that made me think of uh, 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 Tertullus in Acts 24. You remember uh, uh, when he came to speak and to trying to condemn Paul, it says this. In Acts 24, verses 1 through 4. And after five days, Ananias, the high priest, descended with the elders, look at this, and with a certain orator named Tertullus, who informed the governor against Paul. And when he was called forth, Tertullus began to accuse him. And listen to how he talks, saying, Seeing that by thee we enjoy great quietness. How does that sound so nice? Oh, you're, you're such a good guy. By you we enjoy great quietness. Look at these swelling words, right? They're, they're made, you know why they call them swelling words? Because they're made to swell the head of the person they're talking to, right? To make them think that they're, they're good guys, right? We enjoy great quietness, and the very worthy deeds are done unto this nation by thy providence. We accept it always in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness. And notwithstanding that it be no further tedious unto thee, I pray that thou wouldest hear of us thy clemency a few words. Well, I just, you can just hear the, the swelling words in, in, in there. In other words, they're just uh, empty words and uh, trying to, amen, uh, gain advantage and of, of, of these that have position and wealth. And that's what it means. Why do they talk this way? Because of advantage. They don't care about God. They're trying to please men. There's a people, they don't care about God. They don't care what's right. They don't care what's holy. They only care about what pleases their flesh and what gets them a little bit further in life. And so they're doing it because of advantage. They, 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 they're trying to please men. But what did Paul say? Galatians 1.10 says, For I do not, do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet, yet please men, I should not be the servant of God. Christ. You see the very opposite of somebody that walks with God. Somebody that walks with God, their first goal is to please God. Hey, listen, I want to I make people happy. I want to encourage people, but I don't want to have to compromise to do it. You know, hey, uh, a, a lot of people are doing things out there, but listen, uh, 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 listen, you can only do the right thing the right way. And so, uh, sure, I'd like to see more things happen and all that. But listen, if you have to compromise to do it, then listen, whatever you get from that compromise to me isn't worth having. Because remember, you got to keep them with what you get them with, right? And so if you got to compromise uh, to make something happen, well, uh, uh, whatever you got from that uh, wouldn't be worth having in the first place. So, hey, uh, just uh, uh, keep uh, doing things and set forth to please Christ instead of man. But if you can please both, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And you will please those that want right and do right. So you see in verse 16, so it talks about their deeds. It talks about uh, their speeches. It talks about their walk. So their deeds, their walk, their speeches. And so what is it saying here? You see, in their walk and in their talk, they reveal their ungodliness. 
And boy, uh, 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 they, they don't want you to understand what they really are. Boy, it sounds like politicians. They want to be called moderates instead of liberals. They want to be called progressive instead of apostates, which is what uh, most of them really were. But listen, uh, this shouldn't surprise us. The Bible has warned us that these kind of people are going to be out there. Verses 17 and 18, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after again, walk after their own ungodly lust. You know, a lot of the things that we see going on in the world, I know we don't like it, but really we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised by a lot of the things we see because these are things in the Word of God and they have to happen sometime and they have to happen in some generation. So if they're happening in our time and they're happening in our generation, right, and we have to deal with them, though we don't like it, we should see that, oh, okay, God's showing us something here. God's uh, revealing something here. Something's getting ready to happen here. And so uh, don't get all caught up in what man is saying on the news, amen, but go and look at what God has already said in the good news. That's what will uh, uh, prepare you for these times. You know, 1 Timothy 4.1, we see some of the warnings. 1 Timothy 4.1 and 4.2 says this, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. We see that. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Well, we certainly see how many, you know, it's one thing we used to see it, you know, in, in, in other denominations, if you will. But man, how many, how many do I know among even uh, uh, us Bible believers? How many uh, uh, people do I know that, uh, that uh, uh, used to be strong Bible believers? And boy, now they've walked away from the Word of God and they've walked away from the things of God and now they, they're promoting things that the world promotes. Well, listen, I don't like that, but the Bible says, hey, things like that are going to happen. 1 Timothy 4.2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and it talks about these, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That means their conscience has been hardened. Boy, that is what we see going on around the world. Boy, you know, we see like this group that just uh, uh, took over Afghanistan and you see groups like this in other countries. You say, man, how can they do that? Because they have no conscience. Their conscience has been seared by ungodliness. Their conscience has been seared by evil. They have not the spirit. There's nothing there to convict them. Right. Right. They, 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 they've, been, they, they've totally allowed their conscience to be seared and hardened. 2 Peter 3.3 3 says this, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, again, walking in their own lust. And again, verse 18, again, says mockers, mockers, marking, mocking all that's holy, mocking all that's right. And what are they doing? They're following their own ungodly lust. Again, the Bible shows it over and over. We say it over and over. The worst thing a man can be left to is his own heart. And having no conscience, nothing to uh, convict him about his actions. And no doubt, we are surrounded by people like this in society today, not just in other countries, but in our own nation. We see, we see all the ungodliness going on around us. We see all these ungodly deeds. <laughs> we see all these ungodly speeches, the things that uh, uh, people say. You know, and from our, and what's bad is it's not just in society. These are what we're hearing from our leaders. We're seeing ungodly things from our leaders, ungodly speeches from uh, our leaders. So, you know, it's hard to be shocked anymore. You know, I, how often I think uh, that, uh, 
You remember uh, the story in the Old Testament uh, uh, where uh, the tribe, the, the, the man kills his concubine, right? Cuts her up in 12 feet and sends her all out. And what happens? The, whole, the, whole, the other 11 tribes come against one tribe because of that one action. I mean, they're shocked that this thing happened in their nation. And the whole nation comes to this place. And what happens? They almost wipe out the tribe of Benjamin. But, you know, we see things like that on the news all the time. You know, you, now, of course, uh, 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 back, I remember uh, seeing stuff, you know, back when, you know, it was in printed form <laughs> before you didn't have that. You know, we'd be reading Time magazine or Newsweek magazine and we'd read about some uh, atrocity going on in some nation. People being like when that went out and it was at uh, 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 Rwanda years ago, you know, and all the Tritazi and you see people chopped up and, and, and people bodies floating in the water. And you know what? We look at that. Our, you know, we got so used to it. We're like, wow, that's terrible. You know, we, we turn the next page. Like it's like it's 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 nothing because there's so much of it out there out there today. Such ungodliness. And what does it say about uh, these people trying to it says these be they who what who separate themselves, who separate uh, themselves. You see, today they separate themselves. The crowd says, uh, you know, talks about us trying to separate ourselves, but they separate themselves. We're not, we don't really separate ourselves from, we separate ourselves unto. You say, they say, why do you separate yourselves from us? Well, really, we didn't separate ourselves from you. We separate ourselves unto, unto God, unto the things that are holy, unto the things that please Christ. That's what we've separated. We've really separated unto, but by separating unto we naturally are separated from the other things. You know, uh, 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 if you ever read about uh, John Wesley, it, you know, when, when he, he had his group and people began to look at him as a leader and stuff, and people said, you know, he was actually part of the Church of England. Most people don't know that. He was a priest of the church. And somebody said, oh, well, don't you think that we should separate from the Church of England? And he said, no. They're going to separate from us. <laughs> the holier we get, <laughs> the closer we walk with God, they're automatically going to separate uh, uh, from us. And these, you know what they do? They don't care about the things of God, and they flee from the things of God, and they separate themselves from anything that is holy, anything that is right. And boy, that's what we are seeing in society today. Society is just separating itself uh, from anything uh, that is right and holy. But here's the thing. Today, they separate themselves for a time. But if they continue on this course, as we see, one day God will separate them for an eternity. Not only says separate themselves, but sensual. And something sensual means to live after the natural instincts. Not, listen, God wants us to live by faith and by the spirit. But you can only do that if you're saved. And so if you're, if, you're, if you're not saved, all you know is your natural instincts. And so to live in a sensual way, right? At least we think of something uh, sexual in that sense, but it always, doesn't always mean something like that. It just means to follow the natural instincts. You know, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this, The natural man, what? Receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. And here's the thing, neither can he know them. Neither hit, why? Because they're spiritually discerned. So what does that mean? You see, to, to understand the things of God, to understand what is right, it takes the spirit of God, right? And they have not the spirit. And so there's no way that they can uh, uh, know these things. It's the spirit that reveals. It's the spirit that opens the eyes of understanding. It's the spirit that gives discernment of what is truth and right. 
1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, as it is written, you know this verse, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. What's verse 10? But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Hey, how, how can I see what God wants me to see? How can I hear and understand what God wants me to hear? How can I have in my heart what God wants me to have in my heart? Amen. How can I know uh, what, what God has? His, the spirit of God reveals that. It takes the spirit of God to reveal the things of God. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Think about this for a moment. You're saved by the grace of God. You're saved. Think about how much we would have missed if the Holy Spirit had not revealed it unto us. Think about since you've been saved, how much you would have missed out on on the good things of God and the blessings of God if you wouldn't have had the Holy Spirit dwelling in you to lead you and to guide you and to open your eyes of understanding and to give you a direction in your life, how much you would have missed out on. But see, these are missing out because they have not the Spirit. And here's the, here, here, here's, the, here's the sad thing. One day, the Holy Spirit is going to be taken out. Turn over to 2 Corinthians, uh, sorry, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. One day, the Holy Spirit is going to be taken out. Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse beginning verse five says this. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what notice what it says. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. You know, of course, it's, it's talking about during the last time about uh, what's going to be revealed. But something's holding that back. Something's holding that back. What's holding it back? Well, the fact the spirit of God, the church, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let. Look at this. Until he be taken out of the way. You listen, uh, you, you, you think and listen and things are bad now. But it's going to get worse. And whatever restraint there is now, it's because the Holy Spirit of God, right? It, it, the things are getting worse. Listen, he's not out of here, but I believe he's pulling back. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's still here. Why? We know because we're still here, right? And he's, and he's still uh, saving people. But the reason it gets worse is because he, I believe he's pulling back. You know, people say, well, you know, uh, uh, Calvinists and that, they try to talk about, you know, how God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Well, God didn't come down and say to the heart of Pharaoh, be hard. How did he harden, harden the heart of Pharaoh? He just withdrew his spirit uh, uh, from convicting or dealing with, right? Just like water or clay. When, when water evaporates from clay, it naturally hardens. And, 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 and as God pulled out of uh, 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 those dealings, I believe with Egypt, hey, his heart naturally hardened. Because, amen. And because it was left to it, it was left to itself. When God, when God pulls back, the world's naturally going to harden. The world's naturally becomes more wicked as God pulls back. But hey, thank God, He is still here. Only who, 
Only he who now left, verse 7, will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him who's coming after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceitfulness of unrighteousness and them that perish because they receive, why? Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. You see, now, even as bad as it is, people can still be saved. Even now, as bad as it is, people can still receive the love of the truth. But hey, one day those that are left behind because they rejected it, because they separated themselves from it, because they chose the natural to live according to their natural instincts instead of according to the word of God. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusions and they shall believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth. What? But had pleasure in unrighteousness. Boy, that's what Jude's talking about. Those that have pleasure in unrighteousness, their ungodly deeds, their ungodly ways of walking and uh, speeches there. Notice they had pleasure in unrighteousness. Romans 8, 9 says this, but ye are not in the flesh, thank God if you're saved, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He is none of his. So what? These, they have not the spirit. Therefore, we know these people are not saved because they don't have the spirit of God. Because you can only get the spirit of God once you're saved. All of their behavior comes to pass because they have not the spirit. And it's shocking to think of how many people, amen, uh, 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 have chosen this way. The Bible says that these apostates separate themselves. They're sensual. They have not the spirit. But what about those of us who know the Lord? Again, our separation should be from the world and unto the Lord. Our lives should not be marked by sensual living, but our life is marked by, faith, by walking by faith, by walking according to the precepts and principles of the Word of God and desiring holiness in our life and to be an effective witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we are indwelt by the Spirit. We should seek the Holy Spirit's fullness and boldness for Jesus Christ. So I ask you tonight as we finish up here, does the Holy Spirit indwell you? Amen. Well, hey, if you're saved, he does. If you're not saved, then you don't have the Holy Spirit of God and you need to get him tonight by accepting Jesus Christ. And if you are saved, are you letting the Holy Spirit control you and guide you in your life? Look how much the, the Holy Spirit, let me give you some verses just talking about how the Holy Spirit wants to uh, uh, direct even the path of your life. Acts 16, 7. Remember, Paul was wanting to go into Asia, but it says this in Acts 16, 7. After they were come to, to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia. Look at this. But the Spirit suffered them not. Again, that shows you right there. The steps of a good man ordered by the Lord and the stops. A lot of times, amen, God, not only do I want you to show me where to go, but I also want you to show me where not to go. Amen. And, and so they had to be sensitive. That, that means they were full of the spirit. They were walking in the spirit. They were sensitive of the spirit. So they knew when he said go and they knew when he said stop. Now, in the Old Testament, it was easy, right? Hey, uh, when the cloud moved, they moved. When the cloud stopped, they stopped. They had something on the outside. Well, hey, we should be led just like that. We should, they knew when to stop, right? They knew when to stay. They knew when to start. 
because of the cloud by day and the fire by night. Well, listen, uh, uh, that's how we should be guided by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, right, is on the inside. It's it's there to tell us when to go. It's telling us when to stay. It's telling us when to stop. We, that it should be just as clear as it was to them when they saw the cloud and the fire. It should be that clear to us with the Holy Spirit guiding us because we walk that close, amen, uh, with the Lord. Galatians 5.18, and if you be led by the Spirit, you're not in the law. Be led by the Spirit. Acts 13.2, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted, and the Holy Ghost said what? Separate me, bars of all. The Holy Spirit came down, amen, and made that separation. With the working of the Holy Spirit. Boy, think about where you would be today in your life. Think about how long you would say, what would your life be today? Where would you be in life today without the restraining power of the Holy Spirit of God in your life? Boy, the, the longer I'm saved, I look back over 34 years of being saved, 34 years of trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God in my life, and I think, man, where would my life be today, these 34 years later, if I wouldn't have got saved and tried to be guided and controlled by the Holy Spirit of God? How, how much would I have messed up my life? What kind of decisions would I have made in my life? We don't realize because we're used to being saved now. We've been saved all these years and we've got, we're used to being saved. We're used to being around saved people. But I guarantee you, we don't realize how much the Holy Spirit keeps us from in our lives. And with, from what is uh, going on in this world. You know, Jeremiah 10, 23 says this. Oh, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. Well, that's a good verse. I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They need help. Lord, they, they can't do it on their own. I know man cannot do it on his own. He needs help. You know what? I admit I need help. I need someone, amen, to guide me along and to lead me along, right? And that's why I need the Holy Spirit. He needs the Holy Spirit because he doesn't know how to, how to do it on his own. And again, I confess I need the controlling, convicting, and comforting work of the Holy Spirit of God in my life continually. You know, uh, I, I was saying, you know, I, I told you I was just up there in Pennsylvania and uh, the, the, the town I was right by was the, uh, the home of uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart. So I went to the Jimmy Stewart uh, Museum and, and, I, I, and I want you to know I had a great time. I had a great time. Sorry, sorry, Sister Jude. I had to do that for you. Right. But, you know, think now we all know. So what made me think about that is we all know we, most of us have seen the movie. It's a wonderful life. Right. It's a wonderful life. And, what, and what's that story about, right? He, he gets all discouraged, and he goes, and he's going he's gonna to jump off the bridge. And what happens? Uh, was the guy's name Clarence or whatever his name is shows up? And, and, and what happens? He goes back, and he shows him. He goes, well, what do you mean? Something like, I wish I'd never been born or whatever it is he says. And so he says, okay, well, let's show, let me show you what it would have been like if you would have never been in this town. And remember, he goes through, and, and, and all those people that he had helped, he sees like that woman's life is messed up and that his friend's life is messed up. And then somebody died that, remember, fell into the river or whatever. And then all these things that, all these things that, uh, bad things that would have happened and all these good things that wouldn't have happened if he wouldn't have been born. 
right? And so in the course, you know, he, 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 he says, wow, you know, I made a difference. I made a difference. And we know, we know how that ends. And you know what? It's a wonderful life, right? So that's what it's about. But, you know, thinking about that, 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 that movie, I thought about it. I thought about it this way. What if God let us see one day what our life would have been like without the Holy Spirit of God in our lives? Can you imagine if he said, well, you know, uh, uh, this is what your life would have been like if you wouldn't have got saved. This is what it would have been like if you wouldn't have had the Holy Spirit to convict you right there. If you wouldn't have had the Holy Spirit to deal with you right there. If you wouldn't have had the Holy Spirit to guide you right there. Boy, that scares me to think of what, amen, some of the decisions I would have made, some of the places I would have ended up, or how I might have done something. Or not only that, if when difficult times came, if the Holy Spirit wasn't there just to say, hey, just be still right here and comfort me and all those things. Boy, I can't imagine what my life would have been like to look back if I wouldn't have had the Holy Spirit of God in my life. So thank God, amen, we were not only born, but thank God we were born again, and the Holy Spirit does indwell us and does influence us. And so we see all these people, we see verse 15, ungodly, 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 ungodly deeds, ungodly speeches, ungodly walking, and, uh, and, and uh, mocking, and we see uh, murmuring, and we see complainers. And why are that way? Amen. Because they have not the Holy Spirit. And you don't know what you would be today if you didn't have the Holy Spirit. So we hate that, there's the, that, that people choose to be, separate themselves from the things of God. We hate that people choose to be sensual and follow, amen, uh, the natural instincts instead of the things of God. But hey, thank God that you're not one of them. Amen. You, you, you have not separated yourself from Thank God you can say, hey, I'm not one of those that separated myself from. I'm one of those that separated myself unto. Thank God I'm not following my natural instincts tonight. Amen. But thank God to the best of my ability, I'm following, amen, the the precepts and principles of the word of God. Oh, thank God I'm not among those that have not the Holy Spirit, but I'm glad to say tonight I'm among those that have the Holy Spirit. And boy, we shouldn't be uh, prideful of that, but like, 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 like Paul said, we should simply say, I am what I am by the grace of God. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not separated from, I'm separated unto. Thank you, God, that I'm not living a life according to my natural instincts, but by your grace, I'm walking by faith and the guidance of the Holy Spirit of God in my life. And so as we finish up verse 14, it talks about that group. It says, it says, uh, it says prophesied of these. You see that word these. Verse 16 starts off these. Verse 19 says these. You see in this life, it's us versus these. (laughs) Those that have the spirit and those that don't have the spirit. It's us versus these. But thank God we've read the book. We're on the winning side. Amen. We're on the winning side. Let's pray.